Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlositap, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. And introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder. She has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey everyone, it's Jacqueline and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. And guess what? I am sitting in the same room as Mina and we're recording this episode together. Hey Mina. Hey Jacqueline. So good seeing you in person. So (laughs) Mina's having a hard time looking at me because our relationship is over the phone, online. Well, we record our episodes together, but on Zoom. And so we are actually in Las Vegas for the magic show. So the magic show is a trade show for the fashion industry. And we were a part of sourcing at magic where we hosted two seminars, one on sourcing and the other on trends, fashion trends for 2018. So we are together and we are going to try and put this podcast together without looking at each other in the eyes. Yeah. It feels a little bit weird. I'm so giggly because of it, but I'm loving it. And we're drinking $9 coffee. <laughs> but it was buy one, get one free for Valentine's Day. This Today's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's yes, Day. Yes, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Or Galentine's Day. <laughs> um, yeah, we, were, we got coffee together. We really need to rub each other up because we have been at a trade show for the last three days and speaking to tons and tons of people, hosting a seminar, um, offering free consultations with uh, ven- uh, people that are at the show. And so we are just rubbing ourselves up for this podcast and being able to record together. And, um, it is just such a treat. So Mina, do you want to tell us a little bit about, you know, what we've done here so far? Uh, what haven't we done here? (laughs) Basically we've worked our tails off and have done nothing that is Vegas-y. So we're here in Vegas and there's so much going on around us. I've never talked so much in my life, you guys. So Jacqueline is quite the talker, let me tell you. <laughs> so when you're at a trade show, you use you, you use up so much of your energy. And I'm an and I'm an introvert with extrovert skills. So that's what I like to say. Where I'm able to talk, but definitely there's a max to my capabilities here. And I am by a certain point spent. But Jacqueline, who's like the extrovert of us two, is just, she's all about talking to all the vendors and each possible client. And then she's been talking in the seminars. I'm not sure how she's doing it, but I'm fueling myself with coffee and kind of keeping up with her. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I mean, I've been coming to this trade show for probably 15 years. Not all the time. I don't, I don't make it, it's twice a year and I don't actually make it like every season, but I've been here as a, a vendor in terms of having a clothing line. So I've either, when I've worked for past um, companies, when I was a designer for other companies, I was in the booth as the designer where our clothes were being sold. So Magic is a gigantic trade show. What it is, is there are different shows within the show. So let's say accessories, the show, 
pool project and magic itself, there's a kids wear collective. And so if you think about all the clothes that are in the stores and when they come to season, what happens is that you have usually a sales rep or you yourself, you're representing your brand, you pay for a booth and you come to trade shows and that's where the buyers walk around. So that's very much a traditional marketplace. Uh, Buyers from boutiques, buyers from department stores, uh, cruise ships, resorts, they are here to basically see everything in one place. And that's where they're placing their wholesale orders. So right now, everyone is selling fall of 2018. So I've been here as that type of vendor. I've had my own line when I had Cuffs Couture. I came for accessories, the show, and I was always in the booth myself. I've also had sales reps in the past, like represent Cuffs Couture, and they've come without me. And then I've actually been here as part of sourcing at Magic, where I've had a booth. And now I'm a vendor again, but in a different part of the world. And sourcing is where people come to find uh, materials, different ways of printing. They're looking for help in their business. And the cool thing about sourcing at Magic is it's just it's um, a worldwide trade show. So there are people from Turkey, India, China, Taiwan, America, um, not really Europe so much. Yeah, USA, Bangladesh. Basically everywhere. Yeah. And so, like, you'd walk around and there's Turkish towels and you could buy those wholesale or um, key rings. We were looking at really cute, like, kids' jackets today. Somebody that uh, people are selling bags and backpacks. And so, why you would go to these vendors is if you're buying finished product or you have, you can buy into their higher minimums because when you're working overseas, there's, there's definitely higher minimums. And then there's a USA section. So, I've been here as a vendor like that. I've been here as an attendee, and the last couple of years, I've actually come, I've been invited to be a speaker at the show. So I don't have a booth, but instead of what I'm doing, as Mina said, I'm hosting seminars, I'm chatting with potential clients, I am consulting and just trying to help out, and then I'm also attending the show as attendee and making connections. So I come yeah. to the trade show to make connections now and stay relevant in the industry. So I've lived my own little bit of the trade show life. It truly is a trade show life. I used to sell like clothing that was embroidered or screen printed with things about scrapbooking. And I started this business like 10 years ago with my one of my best friends. And then um, we would travel around the Midwest. So I'm from Iowa. We would travel to like Kansas City, St. Charles, Illinois, to various different places. We would pay a couple thousand dollars to be a booth and we would sell that clothing and we would ship all the clothing to the expo and we'd sell, we sold really well. This is when scrapbooking was really, really popular. So we would do maybe like one show a month and then we'd make a couple thousand dollars from it. So it was our side hustle, but it was really, really fun. So we traveled around with that same scrapbooking expo the entire year. So you get to know the other vendors. There's actually kids that are trade show kids. Like you'll see the same kids over and over And so I learned a lot about being a vendor and really pulling people into your booth and all these different things that you could do to make it worth your while. And and also it was like my best training in sales because you're really having to convince people, hey, come chat with me because they know they're getting sold to. So this was more business to consumer and not business to business, whereas like this sourcing, sourcing show is definitely business to business. So I, that's where I've lived my little bit of trade show life. And then there's local events around me still that are like little, um, holiday 
shows? Do you have those where there's mm-hmm. different types of vendors and then... Like at churches or temples. Yeah, yeah. yep. And sometimes they're like fundraisers or whatever, but um, they bring in a certain amount of people and then they walk and get gifts and stuff like that, like a mm-hmm. gift mart. So what we wanted to share with you were tips and tricks for trade shows. And so since this is the first show that Mina and I have attended together, and obviously we've done a lot on our own, she has some really awesome tips that I never even thought about, but I had implemented similar techniques on my own and vice versa. So we wanted to sort of share, I think twofold, where you are an attendee and that you are also a vendor at the trade show and just trying to shortcut that for you and making sure that you just keep some of these pointers in mind whenever you're at the shows. Yeah. So should we start with attendees? Like if you're attending an event. So one of the good tips that I was giving everybody, because this show is really overwhelming. Actually, when you think about this sourcing show, it was at Las Vegas Convention Center and also at the Mirage. So it's one of the biggest shows that I've ever attended. And um, I would tell people that when they would go to each booth, that they should take their business card or whatever promotional item there they have there and they should score them. So during this whole time, you're meeting so many people. It's like overstimulus and you'll forget every single one of them by the time that you get home because there's just so many people you talk to. So if you take their business card and you give them a score of, let's say one to five, and it could be on things like, what do you think, Jack? And like timing. So turnaround, basically quality, Pricing and then communication, perhaps? Yeah, I think communication and vibe if you feel like the the company gets you. Yeah, so you're giving that the, giving them a score in each category, and then you're able to keep, to basically weed out the, the people you don't like as much. And then you have to decide for yourself, what's the, of these best scores, who do I want to follow up with? Who do I really want to work with? And what's most important to me? Like, if it's quality, you pick the ones that you score, the people that score the highest in quality. And that way you're able to make decisions on all the information that you took in, all the people that you met, because it's going to be a lot, even for extroverts, where they go home and they'll need some rest and some downtime to really process everything that happened within that trade show. So here's a tip. If you want to write on the business card, Q for quality, T for timing, P for pricing, and maybe a little heart for if you love them or not. Oh, yeah, I love it. And then maybe right next to that, you can write your score one to five. And so five being the best, one being the least. And so let's just say there's you'll weigh it out where it's like a five, five, three, two or something. And then you'll decide who clicks with you when you get home and you take a look, because generally you may not want to pull the trigger right, right, right when you're at the show, you really want to kind of source and shop the show and digest what you've seen and then come back to it when you're home and clearer, clearer of mind. Yeah. There was one girl that I talked to today. So she had come here by herself and she said that her mind was ready to explode and she's, she's loving it though. Like she said that she's a super extrovert. So she, was ready to make decisions and everything, but actually there was nobody there to process it with her. So I think that's a big deal when you're going to something like this. You almost need somebody to go there with you Mm -hmm. um, because otherwise you won't process it and you'll feel like you're going to explode. Even if it's someone who's like silent as a sounding board even, but you're able to dump those ideas and and then able to process it out with them rather than um, just keeping it all in and, and trying to process it all at once later on. Trade shows are really exciting. So it's like yeah. a kid in a candy store. Uh-huh. When we first got out of the cab, we were like, oh, my God, we need to shop the show <laughs> and start an Amazon store. And we were just super excited. And then, you know, the longer we were there and we walked around and the more energy that was being spent in speaking to people, um, we were slowly sort of shifted out of that. Because let me tell you, Mina and I 
could have done some damage um, with thinking of new business ideas. So I think, you know, it's really exciting. And do give yourself enough time. So I'd say another tip is giving yourself enough time. Try not to rush through it. If you're going to make the effort to go to a trade show, then what if you can only be there for a day, um, get there early and leave at the end. Um, if you can be there for a couple days, oftentimes there's going to be seminars or expert speakers as well as shopping the show for whatever your needs are. So, you know, you want to take advantage of everything the show has to offer if you're willing to take that day off of work or away from your business or if you have to travel. So me and I both traveled to Las Vegas for the show. So we really wanted to fully take advantage of everything we came here for. And there were things that we didn't even realize we were going to get out of it. Um, that were just like welcome surprises of, of learning about things. We found this really cool technological company. We got to see, um, computerized manufacturing, recycling. There were some really interesting technology bits that are being added to the world of fashion and manufacturing. And that was something that I don't think we expected to roll upon. Yeah, it was awesome. Those little bits of decompressing for sure. Like have some time where you're giving yourself some time to eat, make sure you're drinking lots of water, make sure that, um, so yesterday Jacqueline actually wore heels and then we walked the floor and she was literally, she literally said, my feet are bleeding right now. I would have walked around with no <laughs> shoes. I would have been that girl. In yes. Vegas. In Vegas. Which would you blend it right it's in? Totally fine. <laughs> but just, you have only so much energy and then you want to be able to leverage your time there. So like really maybe looking through the source guide and seeing who are the people you want to make connections with. Is there a specific sem- seminar that you want to see? There's one thing to being to wanting to do it all, but you almost have to like tally up which ones are the most important to you, even for that aspect, which vendors you really want to see, which spe- which seminars and speakers do you really want to connect with? And, and because you won't be able to see it all. So one of the things that Mina likes to say is it's, it's about the gem, right? You pull mm-hmm. a gem out of out of it. Yes. Uh-huh. So for everything, whether any sort of time investment, there's some ROI in there. And I like to think of the ROI as that gem that you find. And it might not be what you're expecting. So like you might come into a conference or trade show and think I'm going to find a manufacturer, but then you may come out of it with rather a connection for maybe something else that you never even intended, you know, like maybe you met a speaker or you, I don't know, discovers different technology or something. And then you're like, wow, that was actually my gem when I went in there looking for a manufacturer. So it's really things like that, that in every experience that you have, you really have to look for the gems and, and then, um, be able to process them too. Like, like go looking for them afterwards, research whether or not that was worth your time. So if you want to come back the next time or not, and see if that's, maybe you want to go to a different trade show, maybe that's more your vibe. So were the gems worth it? And then were you able to pull those gems from that event? Yeah, absolutely. So we've talked about sort of how to track who you've seen, giving yourself enough time, attending seminars, feeding yourself. So making sure (laughs) that you are well hydrated and caffeinated um, or not caffeinated and fed. Um, Let's see. Is there anything else for a trade show tip? Well, our arms were almost falling off. Oh, yeah. So you will pick up a lot of like promotional items. They're giving away lots of free stuff. So just try not to grab all of it or try to um, recycle some of it as you go through. Like our arms were falling off by the end of the night because our bags were so heavy. So really know that because this is only a tip more so because 
if you're flying out the next day, like Jacqueline and I are, we're not going to be able to pack that stuff anyway. So you get to going to each booth. You're talking to so many people. You're grabbing up, grabbing up all this merchandise, carrying it around. You physically and mentally get tired, and all of a sudden you have this bag full of stuff. So just uh, be more conscious of what you're putting into your bag, and then make sure that you're able to just take the things that really um, – that you'll be able to follow up with later on. Yeah, and you could ask them to email you. So today Mm -hmm. I met with a Turkish towel company, and he had this beautiful catalog, and I did not want that beautiful catalog. (laughs) And so he said, you know what, I have an e-catalog. And I said, great, email me, and he emailed me right away. So you could also take photos um, with your cell phone. So you could have an app, like I have the app Shoeboxed. It's shoebox.com because I use that to sort of – that you could basically process um, receipts and papers and stuff like that, and then they'll actually scan it for you and put it up in your shoebox account. And the first month is free. So just if you decide that that's something you want to do, you could do up to 1,000 pieces of paper for free for the first month. So if you have a shoebox account, you can go ahead onto your phone and and snap a picture of business cards or snap a picture of whatever it is, and it'll actually upload it to your account. Or you could just put it into your photos um, or if you have any other sort of like capturing software and then organize it. I would say go through your stuff every day at the end of the day and organize what Uh you've gotten because you are just going to have so much clutter and adding that clutter to your business in your mind when you're traveling is not the best because when you get home it's just going to be too much on your plate and you're Mm -hmm. not going to know how to take action and execute Mm -hmm. one thing you do want to do always is bring business cards so whenever you walk into a booth as an attendee they are going to ask you for a business card right away if you are at a trade show where there's, you know, let's say we were walking around the booths, the shoe show, there's a, a shoe show here and it'd be all of our favorite shoes. So let's say we're there and we walk into a booth. They're going to ask us for our business card, mainly because they want to know where we're from and also that we are not another shoe company basically in there trying to knock them off. And it makes it easier for them to contact you. So at the magic show, there was this really cool chip that they had in our um, badges this time. And they could actually, if I think they probably had to pay extra, but if they had yeah. that little scanning device, they could actually scan your badge and your name and email address would already be linked to your badge. They'd get it into their phone and there's a place for notes and they could type notes of anything that you needed. So they actually were getting this automatically digitized into their inboxes. Versus some of the other vendors I worked with, which is what we could talk about if you are at the show showing your own product, they would take your business card or have you write down your information. And usually they'll staple the business card into a notebook and write notes in the notebook. That's sort of the old school tracking system. But then you have to go back and you have to input it into whether it's MailChimp or however you're going to contact them. And that's kind of how the trade show circuit still works is the old school ways. Um, That badge thing was the first thing I've ever seen that they links, they synced up somebody's registration with vendor access to Mm -hmm. that person. Um, I think there's, this one is, is that way in particular because it's business to business, but business to consumer, there's other ways to get people's information that should we get into, like talking about being a vendor and getting people to sign up on your email list and things like that. Yeah. I think, well, just here for you guys to just be prepared for them, whether you bring business cards or you can bring a stamp. So yeah. another thing people would do is that they would have those sort of like self-inking stamps uh-huh. with their contact info and their um, their address or email address. And then they would they would go into that notebook and stamp it sort uh-huh. of thing. And that works really well if you're buying. So if we had placed any orders and we had to write a purchase order, they always want you to fill in your contact info. So you could just stamp it right there and then they would have 
your contact info. Yeah. So, and, you know, just be friendly and find your connections and find your gems. So then moving into if you are paying for a booth and you are there representing your brand and trying to sell it to reps or or you're on the other side of the table basically hoping that people will buy your product, we will jump yeah. into that. Yeah, let's jump into that and let's do don'ts first. Okay. So if you were a vendor, don't be on your <laughs> cell phone the entire time. Because just think, as you're when you're paying for a booth, let's go over cost of a booth. A couple thousand, right? Yeah. So if you're in these sort of – so Mina and I have defined ourselves as I have, I have really – I've had my business on the traditional route of, of sales, and Mina has sort of had an alternative route. Yeah. Is that how you would explain it? All paths. <laughs> All paths lead, lead to sales. But um, where, you know, I've really – like I've worked from the wholesale perspective, and I've worked right. with buyers, and I've worked with big – bigger stores. So, you know, Macy's, Nordstrom's, uh, Nordstrom's Rack, Hot Look. I've worked with flash deal sites, but the flash deal sites that are larger, that larger brands will sell on in the way of, um, like, let's say Hot Look was bought up by Nordstrom's. Uh So that sort of thing, plus boutique sales. And then Mina's background is that she's had such access to these online platforms. Right. right? When I was consulting everybody today, so they kind of understood why I even was there (laughs) (laughs) consulting them, I just told them that I was an expert on retail marketplaces, which I am. I sell a ton on Amazon. I sell on Walmart, Jet, flash deal sites, e-commerce, all of that stuff where an Etsy, they have a a lot of those have a built-in audience and a, a platform for selling. So I call them retail marketplaces. Um, all, some of those are closed. Some of those are open, but they're more the non-traditional route. So non-traditional as in the traditional being knowing about manufacturing, sourcing, going to wholesale, getting a buyer, maybe boutiques, that sort of thing. So we kind of, when we did consultations today, we though we pulled from our experiences in, in that and really we did 20 minute consultations for people Figuring out what they wanted to do. So in terms of the don'ts, what we were saying, because we walked by a booth and um, (laughs) Mina was trying to speak to the woman in the booth and she was literally on her cell phone the entire time. The entire time. And one of the things that was such like the game changer when I was a vendor back in the day was we would literally be standing on our feet the whole day. We knew that we were going in and that we were going to do work. So you need to stand literally the entire time. Like try not to even sit down because people don't like to approach people that are sitting down. They like people to kind of say, hey, come on into my booth. Or kind of um, we would hand out little buttons at that one. But this one we were handing out prints. Like if somebody was handing out candy even, I'd be like, oh, yeah. I love candy. <laughs> it just it just allows that eye contact. So, you yeah. know, um, if you're looking down, if you're sitting at – if you're just sitting at the table and not engaged with what's happening in front of you. So let's just imagine this. There's booths on either side. So just imagine tables on either side of a big walkway. And people are walking up and down the aisles and they're chit-chatting with their friend or their partner or the people who work for them. They're rolling around and they're walking by the booths and they're basically kind of window shopping, right? So uh-huh. they're kind of peeking in and – only will they go into ones that maybe they recognize. It's the same way that we are when we're walking around the stores or maybe right. we're in a new town and we're walking in the streets. Yeah, it has to be approachable for sure. Yeah. And so, you know, there are the people that are annoying that are in all of these malls. The people selling like <laughs> the gold, what is it, face yes, creams? I know. And they're the out lotions. there. Yeah. And they're like, hi, can I give you a sample? Or hi, can I curl your hair? And those people are a little too aggressive. Uh-huh. Mina was shocked by... <laughs> 
Oh, my God. A guy who was dressed like Batman yesterday. And he did the Batman voice right in my ear, and I screamed because I was not expecting it. He just kind of came at her. And then that's how I felt today when the person was – there's a woman literally right behind us chasing us <laughs> down. For lotion. For lotion. <laughs> that is not a great way to bring – people in it's a little too aggressive right uh-huh. but when you're working in your booth um and it's funny because mina and i haven't done this together really uh-huh. we've had our own businesses and we've been at trade shows right so when i see that i've been on all sides um when i had cuffs couture and i would do the trade shows myself i had to tend to accessories the show i would have instead of candy i had like a bowl of i was telling mina like uh advil with little stapled um papers on them that said booth da 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 and saying like for your shoulder uh-huh. Basically, because like Mina said, you're carrying around these big bags full of just paper, and Cuffs Couture was the alternative to carrying around a bunch of stuff. So right. your your shoulder probably hurts if you had a Cuffs Couture. Like you wouldn't have to carry your wallet basically in your bag, and it was something to remember us by. So that was something that was different and a uh, conversation piece, mm-hmm. and exactly the same thing that you're saying. I would basically stand up in my booth towards the front, and as people walked by and sort of made eye contact, I'd say, "Hi, have you heard about Cuffs Couture?" Yeah, and they'd look at me and they'd say. Oh, no. And then I'd be like, oh, come on in. I'll tell you a little bit about it. Yeah. And even if you say something like, hey, are you enjoying the show? Or, hey, how's your day going? Or just put a smile on your face. Then they know that you want to chat with them. But if you're on your phone the whole time, they will not bug you at all. Because they're not going to make that effort to walk into your booth. Then also disturb you on the phone. Because if you're sitting down, you're just not approachable enough for them to want to go into your booth. And But you're... If that person, that vendor broke it down minute by minute about how much that booth was, you're paying for the booth cost. You're probably paying for the table. You're paying for electricity if you need it. You're, you know, all that stuff. Um, they're probably wasting a dollar a minute. Yeah. Electricity, by the way, everyone is not included in your booth fee. So booths here, like between $2,500 to $5,000, depending on what show you're in. And then if you want electric, that's extra. If you want, if you want a, internet. Internet. If you want to decorate your booth. So uh-huh. there's people who just have the white walls and the basic tables they give you, but you can upgrade and you can uh-huh. add racks and you can add shelves and you can then pay for a booth, like a custom made booth to be made that people will warehouse and take to all of the shows that they do. So it is thousands and thousands of dollars. Right. Um, and so why waste that? So I think just be engaged. If you need to use your phone, step out, but then know if you don't have someone to cover you, that it's an unmanned booth. Uh huh. People will also not walk into a booth that no one's in. Cause they feel like, yeah, it's just weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you can, you know, leave like papers or what I say papers, but like trade show materials on the table if you do have to step out. And hopefully you're not by yourself at these shows and there's someone that is with you. And if you're training somebody, make sure you tell them, I don't want you on your phone. I want you on your feet. Like you should only be sitting down if you're writing an order. And even then, so tip number two, I got this really cool kind of like construction, like a guy who works at a construction site clipboard Uh and so what it had in there was it had I would keep all my purchase orders in the little clipboard box that Uh was attached to my clipboard and then I'd close it and then I'd have my PO on top so as people came in I could easily write the POs and then I could actually store it in the clipboard and then pull out a new PO because also where do you put all the papers sometimes um, right under your table or whatnot so it was just really sort of being there and being ready to just engage with the customer so that's business to business if you're thinking business consumer and they're walking through a gift smart or something let's say you're you should have a sign-up sheet for their email list and then there should be some incentive for them to sign up for that email email list perhaps it's a giveaway or anything like that so they input their information and they there's a drawing at the end of that expo 
for a giveaway that you might reach out to them via email if they won. So those are some really great ways to get somebody's email when you're at a gift mart style thing where you're selling your products direct to consumer. So the hard part, because we had people signing in today. So basically, one of the things we said at the seminar, because that's the point, I don't, I didn't get paid for the seminar, but my goal was to capture emails, to engage with potential clients, to have people join our mastermind. And so we said, hey, I've got this six questions to ask at a textile show or a trade show. Um, when you're sourcing, if you sign up, I'll email you that. And so people jumped right on it. Now, um, what you can do also, what she's saying, like to consumer, if you're, you know, you've got people buying product. Another thing is, is having an iPad. If you can have an iPad or some mm-hmm. sort of tablet where they can type in their information because last night was really difficult when we were trying to input some of the email addresses, uh-huh. people write in the craziest ways. And I actually had to Google one of the people. <laughs> I actually looked him up on LinkedIn. <laughs> I know, but I was like, I put in like what I thought his name was and the company name. And then it actually brought it up on LinkedIn and I was able to then realize how he spelled his last name so I could email him because he wanted us to email him the questions to ask. Right. There are some, there's new technology that we don't even know, but that we might look into um, if we start doing a lot of these expos. But a lot of people now, they'll do that texting thing where you text to, like they just get that service and they, you text uh, one to five, five, eight, five, or whatever your right. number is. And then you get that person's information and it's done through text. You'll see that on podcasts too. Like yeah. you'll hear that. But a lot of times um, people do that for events that are high traffic and you're not getting a chance. They don't even, it's just like messy handwriting. They don't really, and then also the iPad is um, time consuming. Right. So then this is just an easier way. It's just another solution. It might be not your solution, but um, it's an option that wasn't there before. Like when I was doing the um, scrapbooking trade shows, internet wasn't on my phone at that time. Mm-hmm. So that's how much things have differed. Now, you know, you probably don't have to pay for I had to pay for payment processing, like the true dial-up credit card style ones. Now there's, you can process it through your phone because you have internet and it's secure. So things like that, where things have changed for sure, but you can still do things the old school way too, if if that works well for you. Yeah. I think I'm a little bit still old school just because of even the trade shows I would attend are still also somewhat old school, right? Uh-huh. So the buyers are still operating in, you know, paper written POs. There is this sort of way of going that people do have, you know, I think the bigger companies have these iPads and you can kind of put in, input the information online mm-hmm. and write up the purchase order uh, virtually. So that's covering you know, capturing information. And I've told clients that I have a couple clients actually that want to go to these sort of pop-up uh, conventions, like women's trade shows where mm-hmm. people will go to shop. You don't know if people are actually going to buy what you bring there. So the biggest value you can get is capturing email addresses. Yeah. Having that one-on-one contact with actual customers, listening to their feedback, which is also super important, and then getting their email so you can stay in contact with them because they are... They are actual humans that you've met that aren't just people on the internet searching and you trying to search for customers. Yeah, meeting someone face-to-face is a really big deal. I feel like, so Jack and I did free consultations yesterday and today after her um, presentations. So we filled up every single slot. We didn't even eat the last two days between the 10, 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. Basically, yesterday was 4 p.m. So really meeting that person face-to-face and really seeing like they really 
resonated with, with what Jacqueline was saying and seeing her present it in person rather than on a webinar was a really big deal. And I think that was really what made people sign up for the 20 minute consultation. I knew coming in that I was just going to be her support system. I know that trade shows are such hard work. There's, you have to get into the right mentality, like the work mentality of I'm here to talk, I'm here to engage, and I'm here to figure out the process while I'm here. So for instance, Jack and I had a process while we were here. There was a sign-up sheet. There was things we were handing out. There was 20, you know, we had a sign-up sheet for consultations and another one for email. And then um, as it came to a different person's time slot, I would go and pick up that person and bring them over to the talking area. Things like that that make it easier for you to really work in that time frame and in the setting because it's not going to be ideal. You're not going to have the, your office set up. That is really the advantage of Jacqueline being a speaker too is that people wanted to sign up for a 20-minute consultation. That's not to say that if you're a vendor at a booth, though, that they wouldn't sign up for a consultation because there's plenty of people that would sit down with you if they were business to business and say, how, how does this work? Everything like that. When you're trying to sell, it pretty much is a consultation, right? Yeah, I think it's that engaging with them. And then, uh-huh. so again, if you're trying to capture emails and you're doing a giveaway, like, we, uh, by the way. <laughs> tell them about the giveaway. Winner, winner, chicken dinner in Las Vegas. <laughs> I told my husband. So I won an American flag yesterday. Yes. And And um, it was from a vendor. And Source America. Shout out Source America. Source America, <laughs> which they're amazing. They actually, is it they employ disabled? Yeah, there it, was a service dog in there too. They employ disabled people or people with uh, learning disabilities in manufacturing and they train them and then they have these manufacturing plants and they are manufacturing goods. So Uh they have a lot of contracts with um, the U.S. Department of Defense and whatnot. And so amazing. And it's all made in the U.S. So I was chatting with them and then he's like, here, take this ticket. We're going to do a raffle at 530 tonight, (laughs) but you have to be present. Well, it was like 5.15. It's so like, absolutely, uh-huh. I'll be present. I told Mina. And she's like, I'm really tired. I was really tired. So it's 5.15. We had been talking all day. We barely ate. And it closed at 6 p.m., right? So I was ready to be back in the hotel room. I was spent. And Jacqueline was like, I need to wait for this drawing, this flag that I'm going to maybe win. And I was like, okay, reluctantly. And it's just because <laughs> I want to win. Literally, I don't even know. I mean, but I am buying a house. So I was really excited that maybe I'd have this beautiful American flag in front of my beautiful new house. So we finally go back, but you have to be present. So it's just me. So then the guy says, Damina, do you want a raffle ticket? And I didn't realize that she meant like a full-fledged American flag. I thought it was one of those like promotional little baby ones. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's beautiful. Yes, I do want to win an American flag. So I look at Jacqueline. I was like, I guess this is really cool. I'm not going to give it to you if I win. Yeah. So she basically comes and takes 50% of my chances away. So, so it's just the two of us for this drawing that was for everybody. Let's just say it's really, it's really late in the day. It's almost the end of the day, which is why they didn't have that many people there. And actually a guy showed up like a yeah. little bit late. Yeah. And so we're sitting there, both of us with our tickets in our hands, looking, competing against each other for this flag. <laughs> and he, and then there's a guy who's selling crocodile or alligator skin across yes. the way uh-huh. and so he's the one pulling the tickets and it's like five six no not us you know five nine not us <laughs> the just, tickets from the entire day so they're going through the tickets from the entire day. <laughs> even though it's just me and I there and it's 
only you have to be present. So <laughs> yeah. I was like, you want to just take our tickets? Anyways, six tickets later, I was the first to be pulled. So yeah. <laughs> and she went. So we took a picture and I was like, oh my gosh, Vegas, lucky, lucky in Vegas or something like that. So her husband was like, saw this picture and he's like, oh my gosh, you need to play $100 on the slots. You're on a lucky streak. I'm on a lucky streak. And I go, well, a 50-50 <laughs> lucky streak because it was just between Mina and I. <laughs> We didn't mention this in the Instagram post, but it was so, a 50-50 chance. If you want to see me with um, my American flag, head on over to, it's on our Instagram page, yeah, the product, at the product Boss. Boss. Um, and you could head over to our Facebook page as well at the Product Boss on Facebook. So if you just want to enjoy, and now you know where I got uh-huh. my American flag. And so smart, right, you guys? Shout out to Source America for having a great giveaway and for having us tell the story on a podcast where somebody else might be like, that is a really cool company and what a cool giveaway. So something like that, even where it's like creates a little bit of a buzz between two people. Hey, but they happen to have a podcast. You know, yeah, and it's really one of our most memorable moments. <laughs> it was like hilarious, fun, like a fun point for us. So that you know, so that was basically, and and I went back to the booth and we talked to them more, and they're memorable, right? So now I remember. So if a client is calling me and telling me they need a manufacturer, they will be one of the first people in my head that if, especially if a client is saying they want some sort of give back element to their business, um, I will let them know now about a vendor I didn't know about, and yeah. and I know that there's somewhat of give back because they're training and employing people that aren't as typical in the workforce or in, in masses. So it's just a pretty amazing company. So let's see what else we could talk about for do's and don'ts. Do's and don'ts. So let's think of some more don'ts. Perhaps we should have jotted down. Don't wear high heels. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wear high heels because I'm in fashion and I'm presenting and I'm a fashion designer. So I have to look the part. You guys and my feet were already killing me. (laughs) I needed to look the part. I should have packed those little like tiny flip flops that you could roll up in your bag Uh and switch into it. Oh, I would say a do is so go with a bag. So go with a bigger bag than just your purse so that you can put uh, the materials you come with or that you get. So if you're buying, let's say you're buying business to business, you might be picking up line sheets or mm-hmm. writing purchase orders. Um, if you're shopping, you might want to put stuff in a bag. And a lot of times at trade shows, there might be a free bag giveaway. Uh-huh. And we actually shopped the free bag giveaways. Yes. Where I was like, oh, this strap really hurts. Let me try this new bag. I literally <laughs> went through like six bags yesterday. I regretted not bringing a backpack. I could have been wearing a backpack because I could care less how fashionable I am. Yeah. You but... could have been my Sherpa. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just kidding. I used to tell my sister she was my Sherpa because she'd carry everything for me. Um, but we were talking about a, roll- a rolling bag. So yeah. perhaps like some sort of like Mina has a tiny suitcase with her. I'm an overpacker and Mina <laughs> is an appropriate packer. Every time I've like seen her, she's either had this tiny suitcase or all of her stuff in a backpack. And I've literally rolled in with like the biggest suitcase <laughs> you could possibly have. But a rolling case would have been really helpful to um, keep everything, everything off of our shoulders and making our life a bit easier. Yeah. Another to-do tip that I have that's so good is that you should be taking photos and posting them onto your Instagram or Twitter and tagging your location you're in. So I was doing this with um, Jacqueline. Every single talk that she had, I would take a picture of her or a video of her, and then I'd post it on my Instagram post, the actual feed, and then I'd also do one on the Insta story. So they're seeing behind the scenes. And then I would tag the location. Since there happens to be multiple locations for magic, there's like sourcing at magic, there's magic show Las Vegas, there's Las Vegas convention. When you're tagging a location that geotag actually lets people see what other people are there. So people might stumble upon us just for the fact that we had a similar geotag. 
we're in the same location. I, I happen to look at other people there and I liked their photos that were there because it's just fun. People are in the ex- experience. And then I was also doing the hashtag sourcing at magic. So other people that I haven't even met are finding me because they happen to be using the similar hashtag. And if they click on that hashtag, if they tap on it, it will show all the people that are using that same one because they happen to be at the same location. So you can do that for Facebook. You can do that for Instagram. You can do that for Twitter. I was doing it where I would start with Instagram. I would auto post it to Facebook and to Twitter. And then those would pick up the hashtags really and not so much the geotag, but you can definitely put in that geotag too. Snapchat is all about geotags. We know nothing about Snapchat, so I won't get into that. But that's one of the ways that you can really um, pick a location or you're able to tag your location and and bring in people that you don't even know. Like they might not meet us at all, but they might find my post on my Instagram and find our podcast, which leads to our mastermind, any of that where it's like social media, but in a location. Mm-hmm. And we, and so Snapchat, I tend to use it more. So just like playing, messing around with my kids. And that's because generationally, like the age that we're at are even our peers or coworkers or customers are not on Snapchat. So there's not a reason that we need to dive into that um, platform just yet, but people do it. Um, for weddings, for example. So uh-huh. you could do your own geotag for weddings and do uh-huh. your own little filter, the filters on uh-huh. it. And so it could be like Jacqueline and James's wedding and the date. And then, and it's like for where you are. So you're geotagged it. What I was going to say to you, this is the first time that vendors were taking pictures with us. Right. Like, like, like quasi celebrity. It had, <laughs> it had nothing to do with us, but like the vendors this time were asking us to step into their booths and they were visually documenting it and on instagram i actually tried to tag source america though they don't have an instagram okay so even that where like anywhere where people are tagging each other it's like you're supporting each other even in that way you know Mm -hmm. so i think people the vendors are even getting smarter with that like that patch guy that should be part of his strategy there was a guy selling embroidered patches People were lining up to talk to him because it was something different that they never had seen before. It was these really intricate patches that, um, you know, they're, people are all about patches right now in fashion. Well, and because like. it's sourcing, it's it's basically if you're uh, a denim jacket line and you want to start and you want to do patches, uh-huh. he has ones that you could basically give him the artwork. He'll develop the patches for you. They're iron-ons. And uh-huh. that's something that they're really – and I was telling him there's not a lot of vendors domestically doing patches. It's something you can get made – through some of the people who make your labels or um, mm-hmm. certain types of products or embroidery places, but it's not like it's hard to just find a place that makes patches. So uh-huh. I hope you all know what we're talking about. Like, so this cool, like, you know, peace sign patch, things like that, that you would add to denim jackets or apparel or bags. Uh-huh. So, saying that though, I think what I was kind of confused about was like, I wish that there were more hashtags and at uh-huh. whatever's everywhere because even when we were doing sourcing at magic i think i wrote magic sourcing and then auto corrected yeah it. they needed to set their own yeah so any event like if you are create, coordinating your own event you should create your own hashtag so it should be you know they should have had spots for us to take photos for yes. instance with a hashtag that you're supposed to use yeah so just like how at a wedding you'll see people are being really awesome with their puns and stuff with do you weddings. know people are being paid for that now oh are they there is a company that if you're getting married uh-huh. you can pay somebody i think someone paid 75 dollars for someone to come up with their hashtag so like my sister a was wordsmith? like yeah like my sister was like mazel tov to the jacobs or something like that uh-huh. i spelled it wrong got in trouble with her <laughs> <laughs> but and that was the hashtag for the entire not only the wedding, but even through the entire wedding 
event from like engagement parties, showers uh-huh. through the wedding. Yeah, it's been, it's really fun because the ones that I've seen are ones that they match up their names like celeb names. You know, like oh, how yeah. uh, J Lo like, and Ben Affleck used to be Brandon. No, that was Brandelina. Brandelina is Brad and Angelina. Yeah, you get what I'm saying, yeah. though. So those celeb names, so they would do that for their weddings, and it's a fun and funny way to be able to see what pictures people are taking at, at that wedding. So you can pull from that hashtag and really get to see the things that you miss because the day is crazy. Um, well, take, it goes back mm-hmm. to where they used to leave Polaroids. Do you remember, like, uh-huh. Polaroids on the table? Right. So you'd go to weddings or bar and bat mitzvahs or parties. Disposable cameras. Yes, mm-hmm. disposable cameras. And sometimes people do Polaroids, but, yes, the disposable uh-huh. cameras so you could capture what was happening at your table. And now with these hashtags, yeah. you're basically, basically hashtagging them, the people hosting the event, or anybody can go on and get all of the pictures that everybody was using. So you could basically get that printed into a picture book if you wanted. Right. And then, so then you're able to like, let's say it was their hashtag, their official hashtag is magic at sourcing or sourcing at magic. I mean, then um, you could see so much and it, it really just, you're able to put that into people's heads, like, you know, subliminally basically. And then it just feeds into the hype of the event. So we took a picture, which also, if you head on over to our Instagram, you'll take a look. At the product boss. At the product (laughs) boss. Um, But we took a picture in front of these giant letters that say magic. Uh And really what would have been cool if there was like a hashtag in front of it, you Uh know, or or something like that. And and so basically, so you could then take the photo because everything's a photo op and then hashtag it or reference them. So I'm going to do another uh, shout out to Fashion for Profit. So Uh the reason that I went to Vegas was for... Frances Harder and Fashion for Profit, which she is an, um, I've worked with her for probably 15 years or more now. And um, she's a mentor to me. She's someone I've looked into, uh, like looked at. And then she ran Fashion Business Inc., which is called the FBI. And it was a nonprofit for the fashion industry. And I was on their board of directors. And Fashion for Profit is a book she wrote about how to start a clothing line Mm -hmm. and how to do fashion for profit. And she's on her 10th edition. And so she works hand in hand with Sourcing It Magic and she puts on these seminars, basically these sort of smaller seminars. She facilitates them and then coordinates them. Coordinates them and finds the right sort of people to speak. And so she was what brought me over. So if you are doing an apparel line or even an accessories line, something in the fashion world, I highly recommend this book. I think I have the third edition. She's on to her 10th edition. She has amazing packages that she sells with it. So it's fashionforprofit.com. And if you head over to our Amazon storefront, um, which is in the show links and the show notes. Show um, notes. So what do we call it in our show notes? Um, we say products we recommend on Amazon. So if you head to there, we are going to put the fashion for profit book right in there. So if you are interested, I would say take a look at it or purchase it because it is sort of the Bible that I live by. And I actually give it and sell it to clients of mine and designer consulting co-op. And it's on its 10th edition. So it's really full of great information. And so you'll be able to get it on Amazon in two days. It was on Prime, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, you can go, you can find that in our Amazon storefront in our show notes. Yeah. So we just wanted to add that resource in for you. And because I am just so grateful to the support that they've always had for myself and for the designer consulting. Co-op. Yeah. Francis is great. She deserves her own hashtag. We're going to come out of, uh, well, with a hashtag for Francis yeah. next time. 
<laughs> Truly, because she really is. If you think about, let's just say the fashion world in the U.S. Mm-hmm. for sourcing and for fabrics. So for people in the industry, there are not that many shows that right. that we all attend. So um, Magic is a huge one. There's the LA Textile Show. There's Premier Vision in New York, DG Expo, and Francis is at three of the four of them. Yeah, and she's teaching seminars, and she's just she's an integral part of it. And the the people who are putting on the shows are using her. Um, uh huh to basically bring the talent and to her professional opinions to the business. Yeah, we should do. I've just thought of a strategy for her. Her hashtag is going to be Francis is magic. You have to find Francis, take a picture of her with the fashion for profit book. And at the end of it, she'll give away five free books or something, you know, so something like that, that creates a buzz for yourself, your company, brings people over to your booth for one reason or another, and then gets them to remember you and just, it's a way to have fun. Expos are so much fun, you guys. So much fun. Such great energy. And there's so many ways to be creative and leverage those opportunities. You just have to kind of stand out from the crowd. Yeah. So something that I offered, and so if you are sourcing, there's a way to use this um, for basically all of your businesses. But I offer that um, six questions to ask while sourcing. Uh-huh. So that is on the Designer Consulting Co-op's website, which again, you can find in the show notes. And if you, and I think I also have um, a training on it and it's on my blog. So if you get a chance to take a look at that, but the reason why I I recommend that is that I also have a place for notes. And I ju- we just, what we really want for you to do is we want you to be prepared when you go to these trade shows and that you are set up for success. So you're gathering all the information that you need. You sound professional, so they take mm-hmm. you seriously. And um, you're just, you're just uber successful and you're, you're maximizing your opportunities. Yeah. So if you like what you've heard here and you are going to go to a trade show or you need help presenting or whatever it is, I just wanted to tell you all that Mina and I both offer strategy sessions. Right. So you can work one-on-one with Mina or you can work one-on-one with myself and we can help dig deep into something that you're working on. So Mina can help you from her perspective. On any sort of strategy, if you, I guess what I usually do strategy sessions on is um, optimization on Amazon. But if you wanted me to help you with a strategy for being a booth or a vendor at a trade show, I could definitely help with that too. And then just seeing if that's worth, you know, you being there and actually being able to leverage as much as you can out of that experience. Because we've both had have had different uh, experiences. Right. And so depending on who you connect with, we just want to be here and help you. And so, again, you could have a strategy session with Mina or myself, and we can help you with trade shows or if there's some sort of topic that you need to cover and want to work one-on-one with us based on our expertise. So if you're interested in that, you go to theproductboss.com slash about, and you'll find our bios. You'll be able to look at what, what our one-on-one strategy session looks like, and then you'll be able to pick either Jacqueline or myself and kind of take the next step there. So thanks again for joining us on this episode of the Product Boss Podcast, and we will talk to you again next week. Thanks, everyone. If you love the Product Boss Podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, share, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time, Product Bosses, let's make it happen.